Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. your sitter. Wow. As long as there are fans on this one, that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans come here, the Celtic fans come here, the Lakers fans come here. But take that L on the way out. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. Zach Mikasha and Gordon Gross. We are with DenverStiffs.com, bringing you in on the regular season debut week, I guess. Is that what we're going to call it? Um, whatever oh, that's it what is. you're going to call it, yeah. <laughs> that's, I don't know how catchy that is. I don't know if we can get any marketing dollars off that one, but uh, we'll try. You know, We'll pitch it. Gordon, go out there and pitch that. Go make that money. You're going to earn these dollars on the podcast. I will scrape together a couple of cents for that, my friend. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's about what we get paid uh, to do this. Anyways, um, we are here, man. The preseason is finally, uh, finally over. It has, uh, it has gone well for the Nuggets. They they're four zero, so you can't you can't complain too much there. But now we will have two games that actually will count towards the final standings this week. Nuggets are going to open up on Wednesday against the Portland Trailblazers, and then they'll be back home on Friday for the Phoenix Suns. So we're going to break it all down. We'll start with recapping uh the preseason and what we saw there and then we'll move on to the second half of the show talk about the blazers talk about the suns we'll also talk a little bit about malik beasley macho Hernan gomez their extensions uh would need to be signed today if they're going to get them if they do not come to terms both those guys will be restricted free agents at the end of the year so we'll talk a little bit about that and that'll make up the show gordon are you ready sir let's do this thing let's do it it's late i gotta get to bed right <laughs> All right, um, so let's get back. Let's dive into the, the preseason, man. So it, it's finally ended. Um, preseason is like that last chance you get to make an impression uh, for a lot of guys, whether it's to get into the rotation, whether it's to earn a contract, whatever it may be. Um, after this, pretty much it gets a lot more difficult. There's a couple windows, you know, to get like some 10-day contracts. but they don't, You don't really see those now uh, nearly as much with the two ways in place. So really this is it. Uh, I guess, who, tell me this, Gordon, who do you think made the best uh, of their opportunity here in preseason? Um, I'm going to go with uh, P.J. Dozier, honestly. Like, I mean, the guy got a contract, so. Right, right. He, he found his spot on the team. Yeah, he didn't have one earlier, and he's got one now, so I'm pretty sure that's that's a good week or a good couple weeks of good work right there. Um, you like that move? I do. I, I, I like his length. I like his aggressiveness in the paint. They need a third a third point guard. Like there's there's nothing wrong with any of that. He's he's fine. He's got some experience. Um, I, I don't I don't mind having PJ around at all. I mean I mean honestly the Nuggets had a lot of guys who who came out the gate looking really good. Michael Porter Jr. Did, had looked really. <laughs> right. He looked like everything you wanted him to look like in his first four games of action. Really. Right. 
Right. Like, yeah, I mean, the fourth game he kind of tailed off a little bit, but he was. I, I'm with you. He he looked uh, he looked outstanding. Even in the fourth game, man, like it. he was playing in the fourth quarter. Like you're playing against junk, and he's like, "That's fine. My goal now is not to get hurt." He successfully right, did not yeah. get hurt. Like, yeah, you could tell he kind of dialed it back. Oh yeah, uh, a gear or two there in that in that final game, which yeah, which is good. Like exactly, you're you're exactly right. He got through. Uh, he got through the the preseason without being hurt, which is probably his number one goal. But he also looked, yeah, I mean, he also looked outstanding. He, you know, I, he'd be a guy. I think you would have to say uh, did the most or had probably the, yeah. made the best of the opportunity. But it just kind of looked like in that final game, like okay, he's probably not uh, into in the rotation, which we'll get that in a, get to that in a little bit. But I, or, or I mean, I guess we can even touch on it right now. I mean, should he be in the rotation? Do you think he did enough to earn himself a spot, whether or not coach is actually going to put him in there? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't expect him to get a lot of minutes, and I don't expect him to be in the early rotation. Um, but did he do enough? Yeah, sure. The problem is the Nuggets right. are like thirteen dudes deep. Like that makes yeah. it tough. Um, yeah, and 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 he, the other problem obviously is that he's a rookie. So like, um, you know, coaches coaches a trust guy kind of person. So when you've got a Tory Craig and a Will Barton in front of him, it's just you don't see you don't see coach making that you know making that move to be like, all right, I'm going to start this rookie no matter. I mean, unless he, I, I said this kind of before the preseason, like unless he scores like 30 points a game, it's going to be really hard to see uh coach go in that direction. But if he did score though, 30 points a game, man, uh coach would have said, well, that wasn't in the flow of the, right? the offense. And so right. that's, he's not learning. So I'm not going to put him in. You know what I mean? Like there was, there's nothing else he could do. He played off ball. He made his buckets. He got his rebounds. He, he crashed the boards harder than I expected him to. Well, you right. know, he, he played, played D. helped defense too. Uh, uh, shot blocking, like, you know, right. he was out there. He did a lot of, of really good things. Passing on offense, not just shooting when he got the ball. Like, it, Michael Porter Jr. did everything I wanted to see from him and stayed healthy. I could not right. be more stoked. I still don't think he's in the rotation week one, but you never know. Like, you, you don't. It really depends. Um, Will Barton, I think, made the most of his opportunity. Um, you know, we weren't sure about his health and he came out and was dunking and running and, you know, scoring inside, um, doing Will Barton type things. Um, is, is Will the starter in your eyes? Yes. Yeah. Like, I think he, he's got the talent, but I wonder, cause it's weird. Cause coach started Torrey Craig in that final game. And so I wonder if his plan isn't to bring, uh, Will off the bench. I think it would be better if they brought Will off the bench. Um, is he? Do you worry though about like that that mesh with with Monty Morris there, and because they're both kind of ball dominant guys? I I don't. They Monty played a lot of um, off ball when he was in the G League just to get used to doing it. Right. Um. So he if if Will's on the ball, then I think it's okay. But Will did one of those very Will things, where everyone on Earth knew Will was not passing the ball. You know, in in the right. what was the final preseason yeah. game, and it's like yeah. the clock ticking down, and you like you're like no one else is gonna take the shot. We all know no one else is gonna take the shot. It's gonna be Will's shot. Like that's how this goes, and it was a it was a very Will moment, and it sort of stood out to me as as one of those times where you guys could have moved the ball and gotten a different shot instead of just going into ISO. Right. Um. But that's but that's what you pay Will Will's for. Just gonna do that. Yeah. yeah. Like you pay him to to make um hard offense work. Sometimes he makes offense hard on. Like when it doesn't have to be, yeah. But it, it, you you pay him to take hard shots, so yeah, exactly. That that he's practicing down the preseason. That's fine. When like, healthy, he's probably your best finisher. Um, yes, around the rim. So yeah, you know, like you 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 
want him to be driving to, towards the basket with the ball in his hands. He's that guy, like, he's the guy who's going to have your best chance at, at really kind of getting getting to either getting uh, a layup or, or a free throw or a three, like the Mori ball kind of uh, concept really fits well uh, with, with Will Barton, which is not necessarily what the, what the Nuggets are running, right? They're not running that Houston-style uh, offense over here. But there, there's some elements that you want to sprinkle in, right? I mean, exactly, a, 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 and that's and that will gives you that that element. I don't want to compare him to James Harden because that's not even even close to a comparison. But he can give you elements of that style of game uh, that no one else really on on the team can. Save for maybe uh, again Michael Porter Jr. We're gonna have to see. I see I'm very interested to see that because Michael Porter Jr. for a dude who's six ten has a very a surprisingly decent handle for someone who hasn't been right. playing in games. Like right. what I expected from him was for him to struggle with the ball in transition. And he just, it looks natural on him, man. It yeah. just looks natural. And he's one of those guys. He's so tall that it's like, you know, he only, he takes like two steps right? and he's there, you know? And so, uh, and then he's, uh, you know, he's obviously got the ability to finish uh, as well. We'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see just more. More of like we say, kind of how he fits into the overall yep. offense. But a lot of guys had good. A lot of guys had good preseasons, man. Malik Beasley had a good preseason. He did. You know, yeah. Jeremy like, Grant. Yeah, Jer- oh, Jeremy Grant. You can't even. Uh, he showed everything you want to see because he didn't get as much of a chance to play with um, with Nikola Jokic as you would have expected him to do. But right. he came out. He was burying threes. He was doing help defense. You know, like right. it, he he did everything you wanted to see from him in the preseason as well. The Nuggets. Ran a really clean uh, camp, and they they had a really crisp preseason, except right. for the defense in the last game, which of course you know Malone lost again, his mind and, over. Yeah, but again, everybody at that point is like, all right, just don't get hurt. Like, you know, don't just, get let's hurt. Just get out of here. Yeah, let's just. Well, get out and, of and here also, and you're not going to be deploying traps and other stuff uh, against the Trailblazers, or you know what I mean? Right. Like, there's times you're just not going to be out there playing defense uh, against guys you're going to see in the regular season. In the way that you would defend them in Game One of the regular season, so I don't, I don't care about that either. Really, like the preseason is not for defense. I know it is for Malone, because all times are defensive times, but it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because that's just the way Malone is. That like, he gets, he gets angry like uh, when his his daughters aren't playing defense out right? on the court, court outside their house. No, he it, it bothers him. <laughs> so... I, I I said on Twitter that uh, Malone is both never satisfied and relentlessly optimistic, so it makes right. it hilarious for me yeah. listening to his post games where he's just completely unsatisfied with a giant win and then but you know you, you get him in a pregame um <laughs> after a horrible loss and he is the most positive guy in the world and it's 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 hilarious to me i love this guy he's he's a he's a hard on your sleeve kind of guy oh yeah sure. oh yeah which is most of them most of them east coasters are right uh so I guess doing it on the flip side who who do, would you say didn't do themselves any favors I would say Wancho, honestly. Yeah, it's got to be right because well, because he didn't give and you it's any not even reason. That much of a fault. No, his own. No, he didn't. He didn't do anything badly, but he didn't show you any reason he needs a lot of rotation minutes. And honestly, right, if you were going to take rotation minutes from somebody to give them to Michael Porter Jr., you would take them from Wancho. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Wancho was kind of he was in that small forward yeah. competition, uh, and it feels like now. Not only is he not in the rotation, he's probably sitting behind Michael Porter Jr. as well. So it's like you're going to have to have two guys uh, fall out before he's going to really get an opportunity. So it's – yeah, I, I would agree with you. Watcho seemed to really just not – again, like you said, it wasn't anything – He didn't do anything he, wrong. He, 
Yeah, and, he just didn't dazzle or impress or like right. really seize the moment. I guess, which is which is you know, is that kind of like dumb cliche things to say though. Like you know, I don't know. I like I'd have to like go back and really look at it to be like, okay, was he really that much more you know better or worse or different than any of these other guys? And I don't think it is. I just think that the ball just didn't find its way into his hands the way it did like Michael Porter Jr. Well, and or and Will Wancho Hardy. was a selfless teammate. There was a time where right. Wancho um, got a got a steal and could have gotten a a. a score of his own but michael porter jr was there and he fed michael porter jr for the dunk yeah like uh, wancho is an immaculate selfless teammate like he he rejoices in team success you love that in a guy you really do but i don't i don't know that he showed um enough on defense i don't know that he showed you know enough of the things that that would set him apart from somebody like michael porter jr who's just a three-level scorer like Michael Porter Jr., like shooting shots, falling sideways, you know, at six ten, right. and they they don't even touch the rim. You know, it, just... it he's just got that touch. Michael right. Michael's talent for scoring is special. Wancho is more of a set shot, three point, stretch the floor forward. Like that's right, yeah. his game. His game is not scoring at all levels and with people in his face. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's yeah, just no, different. He's he's exactly he's like a very classic stretch four yeah. kind of feeling guy or or a big three. But like even when they drafted Wancho, I know a lot of people's talk was like, oh well, he must be the heir apparent um, to to Danilo Gallinari because of course everybody like you know oh look here's a tall white European right. guy that must be you know he must be here to replace the other tall white European guy. That's that's kind of where people naturally go. But you know, one of the first things they said is well, this is something Coach Malone said. He says you know Gallo's a three who can play a little four. Yeah. Wancho's more of a four who can play a little three. And I think that's kind of getting at the same thing that you're getting at. It's like he's not a guy who's going to put the ball on the floor a lot, take his man off the dribble, you know, and, and go to the rack like we were talking about how Michael Porter Jr. might be able to do. He's also right. a guy who's just not going to – he's not going to create shots for himself uh, all that much. Whereas Michael Porter Jr. is a guy who can absolutely do that because he, Michael Porter Jr. doesn't need, but like, uh, uh, an inch of space to create a shot for himself is because he's got that such an elite, uh, shooting ability. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it watches a guy who's like, he, he fits really well, even on, on this team too. Like uh, the, with this offense that the Nuggets run, he actually, you, a guy like that who, who is just kind of a nice spot up shooter, catch and shoot kind of guy has range, but has some size to also play a little bit. Uh, down and, you know, could maybe play a little in the post if he's got a mismatch or, or can potentially just shoot right over a guy if somebody smaller switches out on him. You know, like, that 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 fits in this team, but when they have so many other guys who could also do that plus have some other element to their game, it's just, it's hard to find a spot for him on this rotation. Well, it is, and Wancho, it, it breaks my heart because the guy is such a, a talented blue person. Like, he's exactly the person that you want when you're like, I need a couple of rebounds, Wancho. He's right. like, put me in the game. You're like, I need a, I need a guy who can stretch the floor, Wancho. He's like, put me in the game. Problem right. is, he, he's not a guy that you can say, defend that guy, Wancho. Um, drive the hoop, Wancho. Like, those aren't, those aren't his skills. You know, he's an energy guy, but not necessarily an energy defender. He's a yep. good spot-up shooter, um, but not necessarily a create-your-own-shot guy, not a transition guy. Um, Wancho is one of those guys who's a good bench forward and should be for someone. The Nuggets just have a lot of options. They just have a lot of guys who, who they could make that work with at both the three and the four. And so it's, 
it's hard to to make space for a guy who is more of a four, doesn't really have the feet for a three, um, doesn't have the handle for a three. Watching get stripped in 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 driving the hoop just drives me crazy. Right, because he has yeah, he no idea. That, he's too tall, and he doesn't get that ball low enough. Right, just, his his dribble is just too high, yeah. and that it, I mean yeah, he's exactly. a big guy. It's not yeah. a it's not a slight. It's just the way that his game is. And I don't know that he's going to find a team quite like uh, the Spanish national team to play for in the NBA to allow him to fully maximize his hustle skills. Right. Because hustle right. really is one of his best skills. Like he will dive on the floor and he will run all over the court and he doesn't mind cutting and moving on offense. And like he will, he jumps up and down and cheers from the bench and uh, always has your back as a teammate. Wancho's a good guy. I just don't know how you make a lot of, Rotation minutes for him, and I don't know that he did himself any favors in the preseason. Um, trying to carve out minutes on a really, really crowded roster. Is he is he the most likely guy to get traded this season? Um, the only reason I would say no is that he shouldn't cost that much to retain, unlike Malik Beasley, who's going to cost yeah. an absolute fortune. Yeah. Like but really? Doesn't even. I mean, like I feel like if you're you're looking at Wancho, and even if you're like, okay. Like, so who's coming off this roster that's going to suddenly make space for him? You know, because Will Barton's going to be on the roster uh, for a while. My- Michael Porter Jr. is going to be on the roster for a while. Tory Craig has at least got one more season after this, you know, so. Isn't Craig a free agent after no, the season? Yeah, Craig's a free agent. Yeah, you're, you're right. Craig's a free agent. So, um, but there again, so then you got, so like, I guess you're that, are you, or are you. But the problem is he doesn't, feel, he doesn't feel Craig's role. Like, that's right. that's your problem. Craig's your energy defender. Right yeah, there. Craig yeah. is not your three-point stretch the floor guy. Like, that's Michael Porter Jr. So you already have an investment in a guy who's 6'10", you know, who can stretch the floor, who doesn't mind grabbing rebounds and getting blocks. Like, well, okay, what is he doing differently than Wancho, you know, than that right. role that Wancho would play at, at a bare minimum? Nothing. And, like, And the other the other guy, too, is is you got to realize, I mean, you've got a fairly synonymous-style player and Vlako Chanchar sitting behind him. Yes, more rough free. around the edges. Yeah, yeah but and, but you and you've got him for like three more years, you know. So right, it's it's I just man, I like that's why I wonder if he's not the most likely to be traded because it's like I just don't even even with like you know the potentials of the Paul Millsaps and the uh, even a Tory Craig guys like that leaving the roster, like it's still hard to find a spot for Wancho in this group. You know, even you can lose Malik Beasley, Tory Craig. And Paul Millsap, and there still couldn't be any room. In the I agree. For one because so of the role that he fills, and it, it just right. it makes it tough. And like you said, you've got you've got um, uh, Vlaco as your um, all around potential guy. You know what I mean? Plays a little right. defense, grabs some rebounds. You know, makes the he right play. Stretch the floor is a, another stretch four type yeah. of guy. And then you've got shoot. Jared Vanderbilt as your absolute hustle energy rebounder. If he ever right. figures yeah, out how I mean, to do other exactly. things on a court. We didn't even talk about Jared Vanderbilt. Another guy who probably maybe didn't, didn't do himself uh, the most favors. He didn't in their preseason. Like again, didn't really. But there's, play no, but there's bad, no time, but, man. Like, yeah, exactly. Like what Jared Vanderbilt, what he showed was his jump shot looks better. Um, he still doesn't quite know where to be on offense or defense. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah. really it. Like he's just not he's not ready for a for a rotation role, and so they're just going to slow play him. That's okay. That was Malik year one, man. Malik yep. didn't know where the hell to be either. You know, and then it he started be, getting it down last year. It would be nice if they had, you know, a G League team to send these guys to. It would be amazingly concepts, useful. Yeah. Uh, and manage their manage their minutes accordingly. And, and put them in exactly the rules you want them to practice. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, maybe next year. 
Two years. Um, yeah. <clears throat> two years. Yeah. God, don't remind me. Uh, so, I mean, I, we've, we've kind of already covered this, but I mean, what, what, what's the rotation when coming in game one? What do you, what do you think after everything you've seen the preseason? Who are the players who are in? We know, all right, if we say Will Barton is starting. Yeah. So we know your five starters. Yeah. It's, it's going to be Murray Harris, Barton, um, Millsap, and, and, uh, Jokic. Jokic. And so who's your, who, who's your bench? Are you going 10? I imagine you, this is a 10 man rotation. It's almost got to be. It's at least 10. It's probably going to look like 11, but it's because they're going to sit some guys on certain games. Yeah. Like, like what's yeah, going to exactly. happen is going to be a 10 man rotation, but like there will be games where Craig doesn't play at all. And an 11th right. man gets 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, that game. And maybe a Michael Porter Jr. Correct. Or a Wancho. Or yeah. A, yeah. Uh, but so, so that's what it's going to look like is that you're, you're going to have a 10 man rotation. You've got to, you've got so many guys. Um, and so you might as well, a, you're trying to get rest for some guys, man. Like you don't want Millsap to play a bunch of minutes if he doesn't right. have to. Like you don't, and you want to make sure that that uh, Gary Harris doesn't hurt himself. <laughs> like, yeah. you you want him available for thirty minutes for all the games, and not thirty five minutes for sixty games. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, and so I think I mean obviously Monty Morris, Malik Beasley, those guys are yep. in there, and Jeremy Grant. <clears throat> yep. Mason that's, that's eight. And then yep, that makes right. and, and then nine. and then Tory's like your 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 tenth with maybe uh, like we said maybe uh, Michael Porter Jr. coming in or maybe like a. Uh, they give Millsap the night off, and so you have uh, Jeremy Grant starts, and Jared Vanderbilt gets some minutes off the bench, you know, that kind of thing. Right, uh, and that, that's pretty much what I figure. Um, what will be interesting is if they have games where they sit Mason Plumley because he's not the right – they don't have a big guy for him to defend. There will be some games where you have some small lineups and you don't need Mason, um, right. and so you're going to go ahead and just play um, Grant at center, and then you can put – Michael Porter Jr. out there as a stretch four or uh, Wancho out there as a stretch four. You know what I mean? Off the bench. Like you, you, you can Jared work Vanderbilt that. at center. And yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah you, kind of just run him up and down the court. Right, yeah. You can do all that. Um, and honestly, Jared Vanderbilt's another guy with a really good handle, so you can push transition game in those kind of situations. Right, right. Which is, you know, something that, that you want out of your bench. I mean, that's that's kind of... You want to run, man. Like, I mean, right. the whole point of, of having a bench like the one that the Nuggets have is that you take care of the ball and you run like that. That's you probably have... my, my favorite lineup uh, in the preseason was, was basically a point guard or a playmaker. Uh, and then, and then the ultimate versatility lineup, which was, so we'd have Wancho, Vlaco, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Michael Porter Jr. Out there. So just like four kind of rangy combo forward ish kind of guys. They fit somewhere in here. Like, yeah, we'll just, I was like, you just run up and down the court all day long with that group. Well, and those ones, those ones were honestly just fun. Now, I don't know right. how much of them you could run in the regular season, but watching those guys rebound, defend, throw down, play in transition, it was hilarious. It's just hilarious to me. Right, yeah, and just and basically all four of them just completely interchangeable uh, with each other was, and then and then usually PJ Dozier just ruined the point with him, when, which he's pretty big to, for a point guard. So well, and long arms, man. Like uh, unlike yeah. everyone else that the Nuggets have uh, running point guard, like PJ Dozier has that wingspan. Like right. it, it helps him out with the passing, with the blocking, with all of it. So it's nice. Yeah, it was a. There was a lot of fun watching that unit. Hopefully, we'll get. Well, maybe we'll get to see it in some garbage time, right? Uh, yeah, this year, because yeah, I don't think they're going to be running it out too much. Not a whole lot, but the, you know, some in, of those games where the Nuggets are like up one twenty to you know ninety five with five minutes right. to go, you'll see it. Yeah, you'll run it out there. It'll be fun. Well, 
Uh, Vlaco will probably be inactive a lot, but Vlaco is going to be inactive a whole lot. Right. Um, and I, I, I find that unfortunate. I really enjoy his game. Uh, yeah, his game is a little more subtle than some others. Um, right. cause he's, he's very much more of a ground guy. He's a, I mean, he's a perfect glue guy. Cause like, exactly. Like, and he even talks about that. Like anytime you talk to Vlaco, like he's always about that. He's like, you know, he says he focuses on the small things. He, he just focuses on trying to be a good teammate, just doing whatever, you know, coach asks him. And a lot of that is of course, just like, you know, that's, that's what you're, you're trained to say. But like, he really, I do, I like, he really kind of lives it. Like he's just totally happy being like the, a complimentary piece and just doing the little things. Um, which is, man, you, you want to have those guys. But yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with him. Like, you know, being at the end of the bench, he's a rookie. It's going to take a little bit of time. Like it always does with all, all Nuggets players. I mean, they don't have any rookies who come out of the gate and play a ton. They kind of, they did that with Emmanuel Moody. Eh? And look what happened. You know? Right. So, uh, they've always kind of brought, even, even Jamal Murray. I mean, that was a guy he came off the bench first for his, whole even Nikola Jokic. So, yeah. And, and same with Jokic. So it's, uh, you know, it's fine. They could, they could take their time with Flacco. They got time. Like, that's the whole thing. The Nuggets, the Nuggets have a really legitimate shot to go to the NBA finals this year. Like it's legitimate. However, they also have a window that is extremely long because all their players are young and the two best of them are locked up forever. Like you're good to go for the next, you know, three, four years with the, the team that you've got, you know, as you move some other pieces around, but you're so deep that you can move those pieces without really being hurt. Yep. Yep. I, I agree 100%. But tell you what, let's, let's, uh, we're going to put the preseason to rest. Um, and we, Bury will, it. we will, yeah. that's it. It's over. Undefeated. Hang the banner. Uh, <laughs> and we'll move on. Um, and we're going to move on to, uh, the regular season. Nuggets got two games starting on Wednesday. Uh, two games this, this, uh, this week. So we want to break those down. So we will take a break and we will be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pickaxe Podcast, Zach Kosh, Gordon Gross, DenverStiffs.com. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Denver Stiffs uh, podcast channel. Did you get a chance to listen to the, the Breaking Basketball pod yet? Absolutely. Uh, Every, and everyone yeah, should. That's, a, exactly. that's, that's a, just a fun problem. piece of work. Exactly. Something really cool that the uh, the guys over at The Dig are doing. So make sure if you haven't checked that out, do check it out. And then if you're subscribed, uh, you'll get everything. Pickaxe Podcast, Nuggets Numbers, The Dig, uh also, the Denver Stiffs show that all all comes on the Denver Stiffs podcast network. So you just need to subscribe one place, and it all comes to you every day of the week, at least Monday through Friday. So make sure you guys are doing that. All right, let's get back into uh, the discussion. We're going to turn our focus. Let's turn our focus first to what is happening today. Both Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez uh, are eligible for extensions. That expires at like 2 o'clock or something. Um Gordon, what do, you, what do you think? Is there any chance either of these guys are going to get a deal done? I don't. I don't expect it. I really don't. Um, <clears throat> Malik Malik has uh, new representation, um, right. and he's betting on getting a big season in order to get a big number. Um, Buddy Heald just turned down ninety million dollars and called it an insult. Right. So Malik Beasley is the second best, you know, um, shooting guard. In next year's uh, free agency, next to Buddy Heald, um, I would consider him to be comparable to Heald, but he doesn't have the minutes yet to show it. Right. He's betting he's going to have the minutes, and then someone can offer him ninety million dollars, and he can accept it. Like, yep. you know what I mean? Like, will not offer him ninety million. Guaranteed. No, like I and am I, I still think he's going to get in the the sixty-five to seventy-five range, but I don't think the Nuggets going to offer that either. So, like, if if he's going to get 75 or 80 million bucks next year, um, it's not going to be with Denver. And so he's not going to accept an extension right now uh, at something like 45 or 50. You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason for it. Yeah, whatever it was, right? Like, they they offered him him a three-year 30. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They offered him an MLE, basically. And he was like, it's cool. I I can do better. He's like, I'm gonna fire my agent because that's the kind of deals he's bringing me. And, uh, right, <laughs> like, and we'll, we'll I'm go bringing in LeBron's else. guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I don't blame him. Like again, his skill set right. at hitting threes, being athletic, you know that that should get you a chunk of change, and he's gonna go get a chunk of change. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think he's gonna be uh, on an extension uh, on Monday. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, like, and, and the other on the other side, Wancho is like a guy. Like, it would be nice, you know. I, it might even be in his interest, yeah, to like work, try and work something out uh, and get a deal done. But it's just there's just been no no talk about that whatsoever. Like, the, it, other than you know Tim Connolly basically like, yeah, we want to, uh, you know, we we'd love to to keep these guys around. But what else is he gonna say? Like, nah, I don't really <laughs> care if we get a deal done with them. You well, know, and the so. thing the thing too is again, you've got to find a role for that guy. Like Malik Beasley, yeah. you can't pay him eighteen million dollars a year to be your sixth man. Like that's that's hard to do. You could do it, 
But when you already have, you know, two higher paid guards ahead of him, uh, that's tough. And you, then you're still paying Will Barton over ten million a year too. Yep. Like it, there's there's just no money for that position for you to be able to allocate that kind of those resources to your fourth your fourth guard. Um, and then Wancho, you don't he can't get on the court right now anyway. We just talked about we don't know what rotation role there is for him. So you can't pay a guy without knowing what his rotation role is. Right, yeah, and exactly. And and Wancho's not a guy you're too concerned about getting. Like if, if it turns out you want to to resign him, you'll probably you'll probably be able to do that uh at the end of right. uh the year. I don't know, expect or, or Wancho to cost anywhere near what Malik is gonna cost. So yeah, yeah. if Malik's you wanna wait and see if you find time for him and if you and if you you get a real role for him and you iron that out over the course of the year and you're like, Great, we're paying you to do this next year, then you can sign him. Like yeah. and he's a restricted free agent. You should be able to sign him. That's fine. Uh, whereas for Malik, I don't. I don't think that's going to be as easy. Right. Somebody's going to offer him stupid money just so that you won't re-sign him. Right. Or they're going to offer him stupid money, and then the Nuggets are going to. Yeah, they'll they'll figure something out. Right. Um, okay. So Wednesday, the Nuggets will open up the season in Portland against Portland Trailblazers. It seems like we've seen that team a ton. That's because we have. We've already seen them twice in the preseason. A little tired of the Trailblazers. Not going to lie. A little tired of the Trailblazers. Uh, this is a team, of course, that knocked the Nuggets out. I mean, that's why they're playing them opening night for the for the ratings, like the uh, rematch of uh, two teams who went to seven games uh, and right down to the wire. And and the, the Trailblazers ended up uh, being triumphant. I mean, is this a, if you remember the Nuggets kind of kind of had to circumvent a few things or try and make things work in their advantage to even just get the division win over uh, over the Trailblazers? Is this a team you still expect Gordon to to challenge Denver and, and the Utah Jazz? I suppose uh, for for the division title, or because it seems like a lot of people are expecting them to take a step back. Hasn't everyone been expecting them to take a step back since you know for like three years now? Like, since like Lamarcus Aldridge left. Yeah, yeah. Ever since uh, LMA took off, like they had a you know, well. This was the year that the Trailblazers, you know, take a step back, and then they don't. Right. And then there's a well. This is the year then, and then they don't. Now, what kept them up so high was um, health for the most part. And then last year they lost Nurkic, um, and and that certainly hampered them. Um, But, you know, they've they've had their allocation of guys. They know who plays for them. They're a reasonably deep team. Um, They replace Nurkic uh, while he's injured. Uh, with Hassan Whiteside, so they've they've got another big man who can who's who's a little gimpy now himself. I yeah, think, yeah, so. he he's got some other things going on, but they also uh, they've got you know they've got Obviously. Collins out there. Like they're covered, man. Like they're decent. They're a deep team. They've got good leadership. They've got good leadership on the floor. Um, I expect them to take a step back, but that's because I always expect them to take a step back, man. Right. Like. Hey, I always think they're playing above their heads, but then they always come out with the same record. So then they're not playing above their heads. So they always they always like just basically run the table in January. And, right? Yeah, they have some uh, sort suddenly... of twenty and two streak sometime during the season where you're like, "What in the hell is happening?" Right. Yeah, and it, yeah, I mean, I think when you look at it, they I mean they did lose some guys, right? I mean they lost uh, Aminu and, and Harkless. And, I think uh, I think losing those guys is going to hurt. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There was another guy, I think, off their bench, that uh, Evan Turner. Uh, so, I'm pretty sure Evan Turner's not on the team. I should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, they kept Rodney, right? So, Evan's gone. 
yeah, Evan Turner's gone too. So, um, they've got a lot of like, you know, they've got kind of some new, some new blood though. In you know, Kim Bazemore is in town now. They got uh, Mario Hazonia, like Whiteside. Hazonia like, was out. showing out nice in the preseason as well. Right, right. He looked, uh, he looked strong for sure. I mean, Pau Gasol is still there, so or he is there now. So, uh, they'll have Anthony Simons, who's kind of like there version of Michael Porter Jr., right? The rookie who had basically the red for, red shirt uh, year that but a lot of people are excited about. So there's there's a lot of pieces to like there, but I think there's just a lot of question marks now. Whereas, you know, the the, the guys that, that, that gave them the depth that they had last year really aren't there. And so they're wondering, okay, is a Pau Gasol, is he still healthy at age 39? What can I get from him? You know, is, what can I get out of a Hassan Whiteside, a guy who sometimes can pile up some good numbers, but sometimes is, you know, not really that helpful uh, on the court, you got when is is Yusuf Nurkic going to be back, and what's he going to be like right. you know, coming off an inj- injury like that? So there's and that's there's honestly just, the it's the it's the injury recovery. It's working it's working Nurkic back in, uh, right. and trying to get your minutes at center correct while he's recovering his health and his ability to play correctly. That I think is going to cost them some games. I don't think that their talent level is that much below where they were, but I think getting guys used to that system again. You know, one of their benefits is that they have guys who have been playing there for a while yeah. um, and who are used to everything. And I expect there to be an adjustment period to start the year, an adjustment period when Nurkic comes back. And I think that will cost them a few games. Um, but I, I don't I don't expect them to be a bad team by any means. Uh, no, no, I expect them to be in the playoffs. <clears throat> yeah. No, no, sure I just I – it. The, the thing for the Nuggets really is that they need to match – Portland's stamina. Portland's been to the playoffs before. You know, uh, the Nuggets ran out of gas at the end of the year. Honestly. Like, you had Jokic, and he was playing fine, and you had Murray, who was doing okay until the end. You know, but but Murray... Everybody else is kind of tired legs and... Yeah, yeah. One injured. Like, they were beat up, man. Like, Barton beat up. Harris beat up. Like, you didn't didn't have these guys. Uh, Morris lost his legs, so he couldn't make any distant shots. Like... It, it just they got tired and and that happens, but they're gonna have to pace themselves like Portland normally paces itself, right. and, and yeah, see what they can do. Take a take a page out of their book for sure. Seriously. Um, and then okay, so the, the second game of the week we have is the uh, the Phoenix Suns, who we also just saw uh, a couple couple games ago in the, in the preseason. Phoenix is like one of those teams. Okay, they've had some, you know, they've had some high picks. They obviously Devin Booker, uh, who who wasn't necessarily a high pick, but but it was obviously a high quality pick. Uh, they had eight last year, number one pick overall. Um, they they bring in Ricky Rubio. Like, is it? Are we finally going to see them turn a corner and actually start to get better, or is this still the seller dweller of the West? It really depends on their player development, man. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. The problem is, is I watched Marquise Chris be terrible, and we watched, you know, right. um, Bender, Bender, yeah, be yeah. be terrible, and to never get really better. Like you, you didn't uh, see them. Josh Jackson too, right? Josh Jackson, who never got better. Like you have these guys and these high picks and these talented players who did not improve, and so if they haven't gotten that fixed, you know, you have some guys who can play. I like them adding mm-hmm. Dario Saric. I'm not going to lie to you. I think he's going to be. So much more helpful than their four rotations of the past. Right. Yeah, you got Kelly Oubre now, who was good for you last year. Yeah, uh, and, and I like Kelly. Kelly's, Kelly's been a good player. Right. Like, he's one of those guys. Back when he was drafted, I was interested in him, and he's he's kept up. You know what I mean? But you you still got. Don't they have Chick Diallo on that team? Still. Uh. Yep. 
Yeah, like you've got guys who who I don't know. I I don't know what to expect for them. I think they added Frank Kaminsky too. Like Frank's still there. Yep. yep. So yeah, so you've got you've got Frank, who never quite materialized in Charlotte. Um, right. But you they're running a big roster, man. You've got yeah, you've got like a, lot of, a lot of a lot of big depth. Yeah, that, yeah. You've got eight. You've got guards. you've got Sarich. Like that's that's really good right there. Um, so maybe you don't have to play your kids. You know right. what I mean? You've got guys who have experience who in the league who can go ahead and, and start your front line. And then it's a matter of finding guards around Devin Booker who can do what they need to do and or, you know, just let him shoot, which I think is why they brought in Ricky Rubio, because he right. has no problem letting Booker shoot 50 times shoot a game. He doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ricky's, Ricky's all about that. But the thing is that, I mean, man, they're. The depth behind Ricky Rubio and the depth behind Devin Booker. It's like, uh, I mean, you got Tyler Johnson, I guess. Uh, you know, and Akobo, who's kind of unproven still. Yeah, they're that, still waiting know. on Akobo. That's still a long-term thing, man. That's not – I don't think it's going to pan out this year. But, right. like, so it's like it, it really – like, it, it just depends on what they can get out of their smaller guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's they're gonna they're they're I'll say this they're they're gonna be very very susceptible to uh, injury issues if either Booker or Rubio get hurt. Uh, yes, that's gonna be that's gonna be that like, will send them back into the teams for right right <laughs> for that. That's just yeah. my my opinion. But I do like that they got a floor general to help out. You know, you got Ricky Rubio who can get the ball to people. Like I I think that that is a useful trait to both instill in Booker. And to help the rest of the team actually get the ball in their hands, um, you can run a semblance of an offense that way. Because the Phoenix Suns have always, I shouldn't say always, for the last several years, have been a, a team of individuals. It's been yeah. individual performances look interesting. The team still sucks. Like, right. you know, they've been getting in the team. It's been that way since Steve yeah. Nash left. Yeah, yeah, basically. And so you're looking for a team that you just want to take them steps forward. You want to do what Malone did when the, he got to the Nuggets, and you want to get that like early 30s victory out of the way. You want to go win 29, 31 games. You know, Malone won like 33 his first time, but you want to get some improvement. You want to show that you have a cohesive plan. You want to improve guys and get them better. You want to train them how to be correct NBA players. You know, you're still running a young team. You still got like so many guys in their first, second year. Hopefully you'll uh, stumble upon a generational talent in the second round. Simply. Right? Just yeah. Like, just like the Nuggets. Because <laughs> let's, let's be honest, the, the Michael Malone plan doesn't really work if you don't happen to land on Nikola Jokic at, at the 41. But no, I get I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, you've got to you've got to start. And that's what I, what I mean. Like, you've got to stop winning somewhere between 15 and 20 games every season. You've got to get back into winning into those low 30s maybe competing, hanging around for an eighth seed. Sure, you don't get it, maybe, or not. You know, that, that happened to the Nuggets a couple years in a row. Right. Where they were they were right there at number nine, couldn't get to that eighth seed, and then finally you get over the hump like they did last year. That's that's kind of the progression you expect, but then the the, the Suns have just been stuck on uh, on square one for, for a better part of a decade now. Yeah, well, and it's, <clears throat> honestly, the the way that they've, they've tried to go about it is they've had to scrap whole drafts multiple right. drafts like those guys aren't there anymore like they didn't keep any of those guys right right and, yeah, and, they kept devin booker and then that's it I yeah mean, really. yeah yeah and, and then they paid devin booker an incredible sum of money to keep him right. so yeah they kept him because they had no one else to pay they ditched all their other rookies so they yep, didn't have to yep. pay anybody so it's been devin booker and the the rookie payment squad for you know a minute 
And that, that is the case too, huh? They really haven't. Uh, I mean, other than the guys they took last year, but right, yeah, yeah, but it's know, it's, it's the recent guys, yeah. you know, and and so his his contract, Booker's contract, kicks in this year. So you're gonna be paying him what, like twenty eight, thirty million dollars yeah, a year. He's got, yeah, he's got like he's basically got that Jamal Murray plan, right? You know, and so you're paying him, you know, which is why you have the money to, to keep a guy like a Kelly Oubre because you, you ain't, that's the thing, you ain't really paying anybody else, you right? Know? I mean, I guess Tyler Johnson. Because uh, you, you you took on his contract, uh, but but no know, for that... for the Phoenix like this is their this is their plan their their plan was mea culpa we screwed up all those you know those high draft picks right. with all those big forwards that didn't work out for us and so they're all gone yeah. like we're done with them we they they were good talents who didn't fit or didn't grow whether they didn't fit that's kind of a part of a problem with our selection process and if they didn't grow that's a problem with our training process but. Right. Regardless, we think we fixed it, and now we're going to go out here with our DeAndre Ayton, you know, supposed to be a generational talent at center. Right. You know, and, and we've got our generational talent at guard, in theory, with Devin Booker. Right. You know, and so you're you're just trying to get pieces around that. Like, that's all Denver did, but Denver went— Was better at drafting than well, Phoenix. Well, <laughs> I mean, well Denver, Denver was to. better so far at putting together a coherent offense that took advantage of the talents that they drafted. And— and on day one, when they brought in Malone, the number one thing they said they had to do was fix the culture. Correct. You know, they 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 recognized that 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 was the biggest issue, and they were willing to take the time and to make the investment in doing that by bringing in guys who they knew they could you know they could count on to be good team guys. They were willing to bring in uh, the Mike Millers, the Richard Jeffersons, to help show these young guys the way the way a, a championship team kind of performs. Right. And they were willing to also take care of their vets that they had on their roster, whether it was keeping them here or moving them on somewhere uh, in a way that they wanted and, and build that, establish that kind of uh, reputation with the rest of the league. And it culminates with bringing in a guy like Paul Billsap, who's now both the heady veteran presence, but also one of your best players. Um, and, and, and that's kind of like, you know, now you also have all these other young guys who you've brought up in this culture. Now they're ready to make, uh, you know, major contributions as well, well and, and become yeah. a, a championship core. Well, and that's what, like I said, the, the Phoenix is a few years behind that. And so they brought in Ricky Rubio as veteran yeah, exactly. leadership to help out the young guards and, and try and show them the business. And you brought in, like, you, yes, you traded, you got Baines and you added him, you know, but you, you added him and he came from Boston and the Spurs. And you know what I mean? He's been in team culture and he doesn't mind being a backup. You're not going to get friction from him. Right. You know about about being a backup for the most part, like he's willing to do that. He can start and he has backed up. He's done both. So right. you got guys who are willing to be versatile and who are willing to share that knowledge with the young cats that they've got because they got a lot of young dudes. Yeah, a lot of young dudes. But you should have that when you're when you're if you're rebuilding, man, get as many exists. young dudes as yeah. you can. That's fine. The it's problem right. is that they've been rebuilding for as long as the the Kings have been rebuilding. Like that's <laughs> right. That's a problem. So, so they're hoping they got it right, man. And that's, uh, I would like to see that this year. I, I'm not sure that I would bet on them to break 30 games, but they could, they could break their. All right, all right, Gordon. I will. We gotta, we gotta get out of here. So I will, I will ask you one last question. Uh, give me, give me your prediction. What is the, what is the record, uh, for, for the Nuggets this week? Um, I'm gonna go two and zero. Oh. 
Two and oh, you're optimistic. I'll say one and one. I think they dropped the uh, the one and they're in Portland. Uh, I was going to say, you bet on the lose of the Phoenix game? Come on. No, no. But if it, uh, if it was the Duggets were at home against Portland, I would take the Duggets. But with Portland being at home, being their home opener, I will. No, I will and, and I hear that. It's just that they've played Phoenix so much. I mean, played uh, Portland, Portland so much. Right. Like, once, once, you, once you lose to them in that game seven, and then you, you think about it all summer, and you play them, you know, in the preseason forever. Like, right. I expect them to come out in game one, be very comfortable, know the environment, and, and be ready to go. So Yeah, that's true. That's true. They'll be ready. They'll be ready for that Portland crowd. It should be fun. Uh, know what I'm, I'm looking forward to that, though, man. Like, real basketball is here. It's finally. It only took, what, six months, but we are Ugh. we are back. Uh, he is at GMoneyDugs on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh, uh at Pickaxe, or not the just at Pickaxe Podcast. Uh, at Denver Stiffs, at SB Nation. Make sure you guys are following all those on Twitter. Over on Instagram, we are at the Denver Stiffs. Also on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. And like I said, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can get all of the different podcasts on the Denver Stiffs podcast network. Gordon, uh, as always, sir, appreciate you being on. It's a good time. We'll do it again soon. Hopefully, we'll have to a week. That's right. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Listen.